Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's the Chris and Amy Show. Check it out. St. Louis, Mount City. We are going to have a great day today. Now, Amy Marks scores Chris Ranji on KMOX. Let's take it from the top. The first thing Amy Marks scores said to me is, hey, Ranj, open them phone lines. That's what she said. <laughs> she said, I love open phone lines. Oh, well, they're open, baby. Man. 314-436-7900. Good morning, St. Louis and anybody listening on the Odyssey app, no matter where you are, could be in St. Louis. You could be in Montana. You could be in Chicago. Well, yeah, I mean, that's not that far. Switzerland. Switzerland. Norway. You could be a Norwegian listening to the show. I got some Norwegian friends. They might be listening right are now. Are they in Norway or are they, they are in Chicago? In, they are in Norway. How and did you meet Norwegians? How about you don't worry about that? 314 436 7900. Wonder what uh, Bjorn is doing right now. <laughs> I literally have a friend named Bjorn. That's not that's not a joke. Uh, the three you got the number. Call that number or text it. You could text did that from Norway. Did he invent that little thing that you carry your babies with? No, he did not. Oh, no. Thank you, uh, Nikki. Nikki's probably listening on the Odyssey app from Norway. Hello to Nikki and Bjorn. Feel free to text in three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. I believe her, her real name was Yelnikia. Or something like that. It was really <clears throat> difficult to say, oh. so she just went by Nikki. Speaking anyway. of the text line, though, we did get a text from my Aunt Kay. Oh, hey. Yesterday, because I was complaining about my hair mm-hmm. and the bad lighting, how we look gray, she said that morgues often use pink lighting in their ceilings or paint their ceilings pink to give a healthy glow to the corpses. So, maybe. Do you mean during the ceremony? No, no, I don't. Or down where they... They do the... the no, they yeah, the, during the ceremony. Okay. Yeah, not in the... The corpse room doesn't matter. Here. Yeah, I was going to say, like, why would they care? No, here. <clears throat> I want to You're not going to show sure. me a picture of a body, are you? No. Okay. But she said, no, I have no tips for your for your hair, but I do have one for uh, the coloring and the lighting on air. They A friend asked if we were painting the ceilings pink. No, she asked, why would we do that? So he said, funeral homes always paint their ceilings pink or peach. They... Um, have lights up with pink or peach bulbs. It helps give everyone a rosy That's glow. what we should do then. Yeah. Absolutely what we should do. So, um, anyway. That's the text line. That's the kind of good well, stuff you can get from the text line. The reason Amy is bringing this up is because we are streaming live on Facebook mm-hmm. and on Twitter mm-hmm. and on YouTube. So, if you want to watch the show instead of listen to it. But we do recommend you get the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, 1120 AM and, of course, 98.7 FM, our Twitter account is at Chris Amy KMOX. Time now for the top of the order. The top three stories everybody will be talking about. Huge news coming late yesterday afternoon. The Supreme Court says they will, in fact, hear the former President Trump immunity case, which has caused all kinds of reaction in the last 18 hours. And Trump and Biden have a big border adventure today. Both President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump will be headed to the southern border to check it out. Anheuser-Busch 
has come to an agreement with the Teamsters. That means that it's, well, tentative right now, but there will not be an Anheuser-Busch strike. And so that's the, for us here locally, uh, one of the biggest stories of the day. Um, we mentioned the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk to Greg Store in the 11 o'clock hour, Bloomberg Supreme Court reporter. He'll give us his thoughts on that decision to hear that case and what it means for the election, because there are people, uh, particularly on the left, who are furious about this. Uh, certainly special counsel Jack Smith, I'm sure, is not happy, uh, considering they're going to hear this case. Major Garrett is going to join us as well in the 11 o'clock hour and kind of get yeah. the, you know, all the fallout, everything that's happened. Mitch McConnell saying that he's no longer going to be the the Republican leader in the Senate after November. So there's a lot going on to talk about with Major. We'll check in from spring training with uh, Matt Pauley as well. All right. So. Here's yes. what happened, Amy. The Teamsters and Anheuser-Busch, they came to an agreement. So there is a perfect timing, too, because St. Patrick's Day well, you brought that up. is a couple of weeks away. Yeah. We were going to run out of beer for St. Patrick's Day, and but now we're good. That. Yeah, you can't have that. So, yeah, I, I feel like whether we're talking about government shutdowns or impending strikes, sometimes you're, you're waiting on the precipice of, well, is this going to be bad? How much is this going to hold things up? But as you mentioned, there's not going to be a strike. They're going to keep making beer. We'll be good for St. Patrick's Day. And so this is, it affects about 5,000 people. There are 5,000 Teamsters at Anheuser-Busch. Uh, a wage increase of 8 bucks an hour. There's going to be an immediate $4 an hour uh, raise, which will happen in the first year. There's a ratification bonus for every union member at $2,500. Um, healthcare coverage it costs. There's an increase in pension. Uh, vacation. So it sounds like they got a lot. I, I I don't really know, but you know me, I'm pro people. I am pro labor. I am pro people who actually do the work to make the goods that we buy and consume. So I'm happy for them. If they are happy with this deal, then it's a good deal for them. And I'm, I'm glad that this won't be a, a thing that gets dragged out and ultimately hurts people in the St. Louis area, people who work and live yeah. here. Yeah, and again, I, learning some of the details, don't know all the details, don't know the margins, all of that. I'm sure Anheuser-Busch is doing just fine, so good for the workers getting more. I am obviously pro-worker. We're in a union. I also know that sometimes there have been occasions where some of the demands just don't work with the business model. I don't think that's this. It sounds like things are okay. So I'm glad that 5,000 workers will continue working. It's a lot of people. And will be able to keep drinking beer. You know what? That's really such a great brewery. It really is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's It's so so great. It's And it's beautiful. It's like a campus. It is. It's gorgeous. It's historic. And, yeah, running by there. Now, so a lot of the marathons have gone by there. And I don't know what process or what part of the process they have to be in when you can really smell the hops. But sometimes oh, it's, awesome. it's very hoppy. Yes. Have you ever very taken that, hoppy. Have you taken that tour before? I have. I took it at, I as an adult, but then also as a kid. So you don't get to try the sample. Right. But uh, it's, it's pretty cool. So now, the last time I took it was probably, oh, gosh, it was within the last. <laughs> the free one? Uh, uh, I don't know. It, there's a free tour, and then there's a tour you have to sign up for qu- quite a bit in advance. And I think it might be like $45. You wear a hard hat. They take oh, you Oh, I haven't in. done that one. No. Yeah. Did you do that one? We did not sign up in time. So I had friends coming in from out of town. Okay. And we wanted to do the, the pay tour, the expensive pay tour, but we didn't sign up in time. But I've heard that's very 
Very cool. First time I did it was, I think, 2009. <laughs> and then I did it some other time since then. It's, I of all the tours that you can take as a tourist, mm-hmm. you know, the, the their architecture tours, their, their stuff like this, I think it's, for me, I think it's the most fascinating. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe because I do like beer. That's a lot of it. But when you're walking through, you smell it. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's really incredible. If you get the opportunity, do it. But this hard hat one, I had no idea yeah, what that was. Yeah, you need was. to look it up. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I know we'll be talking to Greg's store yep. as well at 11 o'clock, Bloomberg, Bloomberg Supreme Court reporter. Pretty interesting about the, what this means and doesn't mean as far as the Supreme Court um, granting, uh, saying that they will hear the case. Now, it was... Not a stay. They rendered the stay moot, and it's a writ of certiorari that they will hear the case, which apparently, and again, this is getting pretty in the weeds, which is why above my pay grade when you're looking at the all of the reasoning behind the Supreme Court, but because it was certiorari and not a stay, you can't read into the Supreme Court's uh feelings or opinions about the merits of the case because you would know about the merits if there yeah. were a stay but because the stay was rendered moot and it was applied as a writ of certiorari that they're going to hear it we don't know exactly what they think about the merits of the case what's interesting is just the timeline that's really the, the timeline that's it. It's, that's it and the department of justice does not do criminal trials during an election or close to an election they try not to I believe. so i think yeah. labor day might be the cutoff day and if you put labor day and say okay they're going to hear it at the end of april maybe a decision in may and then you have to give trump minimum six weeks to prepare the, the chances of this thing starting in August or being done by Labor Day are very, very, very slim, if not infinitesimally small. After the three-judge appeals court looked at this already, which is what the Supreme Court said first, send it to them, let them look at mm-hmm. it. They did and unanimously said, absolutely not. The president doesn't have immunity. It's nowhere in the Constitution. What are we even talking about here? Um after that happened, I think people felt pretty comfortable that was going to be the end of it, mm-hmm. and they're going to be able to move forward with this, and the Supreme Court was not going to uh, waste its time on it. But then they decided they were going to look at it, took a couple of weeks to actually make the official decision about whether or not they were going to do it, which pushed the timeline back mm-hmm. even more. And that's the issue. It's not so much from um, people who know about this stuff better than I do. The objection to this whole thing is not about the hearing of the case itself. It's about the timing of it, and it's about the fact that it pushes everything back to where it probably will not get heard or rectified yeah. prior to the election. So the danger is, in some people's mind, and I that's why I can't wait to talk to, to Greg mm-hmm. about this because I want to get his take, the fear, especially from the left, is that former President Trump could ultimately win the election in November. This case doesn't start until after that. Mm-hmm. And then if he is found guilty, he pardons himself. So I would I would like to see what the legal reality of all of that is. But that's what a lot of people are pretty upset about, that this should be resolved before the election one way or another. And it's not going to be now. Yeah. And David French, who is at one point perhaps the leading First Amendment uh, writes lawyer. He's argued in front of the Supreme Court. He writes for the New York Times now, was also with the Dispatch National Review. He made two interesting points, one being 
that the Supreme Court is not doing a favor by treating Trump in a special way. They're basically doing him a favor by treating him like any other defendant, which Mm -hmm. means the timeline's not rushed. They're treating him like they would normally hear any other argument. So that would be if they're doing him a favor, it's by treating him like they would anybody else. The second point that he made is that because of the timeline, unless Trump loses the presidential election, he thinks this might be the end of the January 6th discussion, as you mentioned, for Donald Trump and any criminal responsibility for that. Which is a real bummer, especially for the people and not that I feel sorry for them, because I don't feel sorry for anybody who went to the Capitol on January 6th and, and committed crimes. No sorrow but whatsoever. But on principle. But on principle, the, the lower level minions mm-hmm. are going to pay for it. But the person who incited it is not. That's, because if there's no Trump, no one's storming the Capitol. That's correct. If Trump doesn't say what he says, if there's no, there, if there's no unfounded accusations of a rigged election and let's storm the Capitol. If those words aren't, words aren't said, if Trump concedes, then these people aren't in jail for storming the Capitol. It's, that's why they took the action. 314-436-7900 is our number. The voicemail line is also open and always is 24-7 like a 7-Eleven. 314-944-1120. They're always open, right? Are they? I think so. 314-944-1120. It's the Chris and Amy Show on KMOX. We're going to adjust a little bit. Uh, Normally, we would talk to Major Garrett after the 1030 news, but he's got some stuff he's working on, so we'll visit with him at 1130. Matt Pauley will join us from spring training in about 10 minutes. Mitt Romney was on CNN with Caitlin Collins last night, Ranj, and she was asking him about Donald Trump and Joe Biden and the election going forward. And I want to play. And he's on the way out. This is on the way out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's not running again. And so maybe you can say people tend to be a little bit more honest at that moment. Although I feel like Romney has pretty much been straightforward with what he believes. I'm going to play this clip of what he said. I find it really interesting. Those comments there may raise some questions for people watching at home. Would you vote for Donald Trump over Joe Biden? No, 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 absolutely not. I mean, for me, there, there are two factors in deciding who I want to have as the leader of my country and, and the person who is the example of the president for my kids and my grandkids. One is their position and policies. And on foreign policy, I'm, I'm not aligned with, with Donald Trump, at least as I understand his policy. On domestic policy, yeah, I align with many of his domestic policies. But there's another dimension besides policy, and that's character. And I think what America is as a nation, what has allowed us to be the most powerful nation on earth and the leader of the earth, is the character of the people who have been our leaders, past presidents, but also mothers, fathers, church leaders, university presidents and so forth, having a president who is so uh, defaulted of character uh, would have an enormous impact on the character of America. And for me, that's the, the primary consideration. I thought that was very well put. And this is something that mentioning uh, him again, but mentioning David French again, because he had considered running for president in 2016 against Donald Trump when Donald Trump started gaining momentum and David French was like, I don't have the name recognition. I'm not going to win. But he had made the argument for a long time that there are, and we saw this in the GOP, so many one-issue voters, abortion, for instance, so many Republican voters 
would vote on that issue, were driven to the polls by that issue. The Supreme Court, people would say that this is back in 2016. Yeah, I don't really like Donald Trump, but I'm going to vote for him. He's going to get judges on the Supreme Court. But there are issues outside of abortion or even taxes that matter when it comes to a leader of the country. And that's what Mitt Romney was talking about. It's what French called character and competence. You have to look at the character and the competence of your leader because a president does so much more than just voice an opinion on abortion. And I'm not trivializing that, but ultimately the president himself didn't have a lot of power when it came to um, abortion and Roe, it came down to the judges and the timing. It was about the timing more than it was just the man. You put Donald Trump in any other uh, era when you're not naming as many judges, he doesn't have that sway. But it was Donald Trump who was there at that time, right? The Supreme Court judges, we all know what happened. But you have to look beyond one issue when it comes to the leader of the free world. Because it's that person is the leader of the free world and is representing our country. But not everybody does. That's, I know. I, how many times have we heard that, well, I didn't like his tweets or I, didn't, I don't like the way he acts and the things he says sometimes, but I like his policies. You hear that a lot. In fact, that's the thing I think I hear the most from anybody who supports him. I don't hear anybody who says, oh, I love that he's like that. I right. love that he sticks it to people. That's that's my favorite thing about him. That's very rare. But did you notice Romney said there's a lot of policies where they would probably agree, not foreign policy, but some domestic policy, yeah. policies where but they I agree. But I still can't vote for him because I, I don't like his character. Character and competency. There's so much more to the do- job than just saying, um, you know, I, I, I here's my one issue. Yeah. We're going to check in with Matt Pauley. Let's see what's happening in Jupiter, Florida. The Cardinals are there for spring training. That is coming up again. Major Garrett will be with us at 1130 today instead of the normal 1030. It's Chris and Amy on KMOX. Version of Helsley the Cardinals are hoping to have. Swing and a miss on the 0-2 pitch. A 1-2. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. A three pitch at bat for Starling Marte. He goes down swinging. Today's Cardinals report is brought to you by Renner Garage Door, R-E-N-N-E-R, forward and back, family-owned and top-rated Renner Door, STL.com. It is time to check in with Jupiter, Florida, and what is happening there. The Quiver River Electric guest line is open. Our friend Matt Pauley is on it, and he is in Florida now. What's up, Matt? Not much. How are you guys? Hey, we're doing great. Getting ready for some uh, some baseball this weekend. Um, I know there are games that are that are happening here on KMOX. Let's uh, just generally what as you've seen about the first week of play, mm-hmm. first week of Grapefruit League play. Anything stand out to you? Not too much. I mean, everybody's staying healthy for the most part. That's good. Matt Carpenter's back in the lineup today. Good to uh, good to see that he had been uh, a little bit banged up. Anybody who has you know the the slightest. Uh, anything they're going to be very careful with at this point in, in spring training. So 
more than anything, I mean, Oliver Marmol has just, when when asked all week long, what do you want to see from this guy? What do you want to see from that guy? It's, I just want to see him. So that, that's kind of, we're still at the, I just want to see him point of spring training. At some point, the results will start mattering, but I don't think we're quite to that point yet. A couple of bits of news um, from Jupiter this week. First of all, Brandon Crawford has officially joined the team and with him being a part of the club on a one-year contract what has been what's it been like for him and what's the reaction been in the first couple of days here yeah reaction's been good we talked to him on the day that he was signed they did an introductory press conference uh, with him and he seems very excited to be here the everybody who will tell you will tell you he's coming in to be the backup shortstop and nothing more than that his job is to uh, be the backup to mason Wynn to play maybe a day or two a week, maybe be a bat off the bench, but he's not going to play other positions if all goes according to plan. He's not going to be taking any playing time away from when he makes the roster work a little bit more. Tommy Edmond doesn't have to start worrying about coming in from center field to play shortstop a day or two. If Tommy Edmond's not healthy by the time the season gets started, they've got a plan at shortstop behind Mason Wynn. So assuming he's able to perform, and he struggled last season, uh, but assuming he gets back to who he was a couple of seasons ago and beyond that, uh, he's a good addition to this team. How often do you see him playing? I know the Cardinals won a regular nine, but is it once a week, twice a week would be ideal? Yeah, probably twice a week on getaway days, final games of the series, things like that, especially weeks where there's not a lot of off days. Uh, he's going to be a guy who's going to be a bat off the bench. If you got to you know, move some guys around towards the end of the game to, to get the uh, at-bat that you want, he can come in and play shortstop, and you're not going to lose a whole lot defensively. So, yeah, the, two starts a week is the max, assuming that you're getting what you expect to get out of Mason Wynn. What do you think about veteran clubhouse presence? I know there was some talk during the offseason that you know, maybe the team was a little bit young or that you, you heard some players uh, discuss the fact that the uh, maybe the younger guys controlled the locker room a little bit. I, I'm not exactly sure what the dynamic is or how much it, it makes a difference. But what are your thoughts on another veteran the coming into the clubhouse? And, yeah, and yeah. I'm kind of sick of the conversation. Look, I, I'm as guilty as anybody of having the conversation, but it's a uh, it, it's. They've got a lot of veteran guys in the room now. They, they've brought in a bunch, and I don't think they needed to add a Brandon Crawford uh, for them to, to have a good group in the clubhouse. The, the clubhouse was fine with the addition of a Sonny Gray and a Lance Lynn and um, a Kyle Gibson and a Matt Carpenter. But is there an impact? Can can Mason Wynn be impacted you know, from a positive standpoint because you got a veteran guy like Brandon Crawford who plays the same position? Yeah, 100%, absolutely. Well, that was one of my questions um, a couple of days ago because of the Brandon Crawford. People have talked about veteran guys like that, like Lance Lynn on the pitching staff, that they sometimes their contribution to the team is more off the field than on the field. And how many guys can you have who are contributing more off the field than on the field before you start to say, hey, I think the balance is off here. Maybe maybe we need to start signing guys who are going to contribute more on the field. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying, Amy, but they're expected to perform on the field. That's you're you're not if if they're if there's zero expectations of what they're gonna do on the field, they can be hired as a coach. Um and there's a difference between being a coach and being a player. That's maybe a little bit too simplistic on my part. But Matt Carpenter can't go hit 150 this year. You know, he, he's got to produce more than that. Uh, same thing with, with a Brandon Crawford. So it's 
it makes for a good storyline that these guys are being brought in to help the clubhouse and they're going to impact things more off the field than on the field. I'm of the belief that if you're on a 26-man roster, you've got to be contributing on the field. All right, let's talk about Sonny Gray, who is going to be the opening day starter for the Cardinals. That was officially announced, and obviously the rotation has worked out that way. So we we had the idea it was going to happen before it was said officially. I don't think there was any debate that that Gray, he's the number one in this rotation. Um, As number ones go, how good do you believe he is up against the rest of the National League? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, he's right there. He's fine. I mean, he was second in the American League Cy Young Award voting last year. That's he, he's a top ten pitcher in all of baseball. So I'm not I'm not worried about the Cardinals and Sonny Gray matching up with other top pitchers across baseball. Where I'm worried about is numbers two through five matching up with the, the other two two through five. So yes, is Sonny Gray the best pitcher in baseball? No, but he's a top ten guy. He's a guy that there's most teams in baseball. If they have Sonny Gray, he's their number one starter. There's another question about the rotation. There was, uh, in The Athletic yesterday, uh, Jim Bowden mentioned he was talking about a bunch of different things. You know, he has like his, I don't know what the column is called or the piece is called, but it's different uh, items about different teams in baseball. And he had this, it was a mailbag, that's what it was. And a question about Jordan Montgomery coming back to the Cardinals, potentially. And at the very end, he said basically that he's hearing that Montgomery is not interested in coming back to St. Louis. What do you know about that? And if that's true, why do you think that would be? I don't know a lot about it. Um, Now I was talking about this with Klaibs earlier today, and he made a fantastic point that the team that Jordan Montgomery left is not the team that's here right now. It wasn't a great environment last year. So that's his only feeling for it. You can understand him not wanting to go back into that. I think that at the end of the day, money trumps everything. If the Cardinals sit there and say, you know what, we want Jordan Montgomery and we're going to pay him what he wants, well, he's going to sign with the Cardinals no matter what. But is he a guy who's going to give some sort of discount to come back to St. Louis or something like that? I, I, I don't think so. Uh, it just it never it never felt like he absolutely loved being in St. Louis and being a Cardinal. But there's a, there's a lot of guys who don't absolutely love wherever they play. Like when that comes out of my mouth. It sounds like it's a negative thing. It's not really a negative thing. So I, I don't know. I, I saw the same thing. It kind of blew up a little bit on, on social media. It didn't shock me that that belief is out there. But I do think that at the end of the day, if they offer him more money than anybody else offers him, he's coming back to St. Louis. Could be telling, though, that if it is, in fact, a situation where the roster just isn't quite as good in his opinion, I mean, that could be telling, and they could outperform what people believe them to be. But, um, you know, it's certainly something to to keep an eye on, and it is interesting. Uh, Last thing that I have for you, Tommy Edmond is still slowly progressing, uh, coming back. When do we think he's actually going to be available to participate in real games for them? Uh, That's that's the million-dollar question out here. I don't know. Uh, He's still over a week away from even being reevaluated. Uh, he's doing some work every day, and Oliver Marmel says some days it's, he feels great, and some days the wrist starts hurting again. So that's that's not great because he's right. got to be able to uh, go do work on an everyday basis and not have wrist pain. Honestly, I kind of feel like we're trending in the direction of him not being available for opening day. They, the Cardinals haven't said that. I know the Cardinals still have a belief that uh, he can be available for opening day. So this is very much me talking, but just – I, I think we're trending in the direction of him not being available for opening day. Anything cool happening in Jupiter, Florida today? 
I mean, there's this is a cool place. There's always there's well, always fun stuff going on. Yeah. I but I don't. I've been out to dinner one time since being here. I have yet to see the beach, so I, I'm the wrong guy. You, you talk to Klaibs tomorrow, is that right? Or when when, when you yeah, talk Friday, to him, every, so, every Friday. Yeah. Yeah, he'll tell you the cool stuff that's going on. I'm I'm the wrong guy. Did you get a new pair of New Balance sneakers? I still have the ones from uh, from last year that I bought after my previous ones got stolen, mm. and uh, I've gone nowhere near the beach, so I don't have to worry about a, a repeat of uh, last year's theft by the good people at Marriott. Would it be a great? <laughs> Wait, are you accusing the <laughs> workers there? Oh, they admitted it. Oh, they Wait, did. What? Yeah, the worker at Marriott last year is like, yeah, I picked up your shoes. And then I was like, can I get them back? And he's like, I don't know where they are now. Yeah. Wait, and wait, and wait, then wait, when wait, I went wait. like to his manager and told like, can you guys like take care of this? And they're like, oh, we don't know if that's actually true. I'm like, your guy told me that he took my shoes. Wait, did he t- he take them thinking you were gone? He took them thinking that I was a guest at the hotel. So he was going to bring them in and like put them in the lost and found. But whatever happened between him picking them up and wherever their final resting place was is completely unknown. Because you were not a guest at the hotel. No, but I left them in a very public area. I did not leave them in the Marriott area. I left them in a public mm. area, and and Mr. Marriott decided he was going to get well, a little overzealous in cleaning up the beach. Matt, what are you what are you doing? Uh, trying to take advantage of the facilities of a hotel you're not staying in. Yeah. Who do you think Gosh. you are? <laughs> yes. I, I answer, no comment. Answer the question, yeah. Matt. <laughs> Taking the fifth. Yeah. Okay. The, the the management at that Marriott property were not yeah. like they tr- they basically called me a liar and they're like we don't well, know that our employees. Did said you this. get well, into it with the Marriott management? Uh, I I felt myself going in that direction wow. and I just stopped and walked out. I feel like Matt takes a lot of liberties. With... Well, what's interesting is he's a nice guy. He and is he's pretty unassuming, and yet and yet. His conflict aversion skills are severely lacking because somehow this guy is in a lot of conflict. It would be like me coming into one of your desks, taking something of yours, just getting rid of it, telling you that, yep, I got rid of it. And then there being no ramifications. No, whatsoever for it. no, that would yeah. be like you coming to one of our desks, taking your shoes off, leaving them there. Mm-hmm. And then me coming up and saying, what are these, these shoes, shoes doing are here? These, yeah. yeah, I'll take them to the front and then. Something happens to him from there. That's what it's like. No, no, oh, okay. you got that wrong. Okay, you got any broadcast coming up for yourself? Uh, tomorrow, Claves uh, and I are back on the stream today. Uh, John Rooney and Ricky Horton are doing the uh, the game. Uh, that can also be uh, picked up uh, via the stream and some Cardinal Radio Network stations. So yeah, we're doing we're doing stuff every day. Awesome, man. Enjoy it. We'll talk soon. All right, sounds great. Matt Pauley checking in from Florida. Cardinals in the middle of spring training, getting ready for the 2024 season, and we are getting ready for opening day. We are. April 4th, the home opener. Guess what's happening? Kegs and eggs. Kegs and eggs, And baby. you need it's to a, get your tickets because it sells out. Yeah, Isn't today the last day where they're a little uh, cheaper or something? There's a pre-sale going on I'm not now. sure, but really, Ke- you can't put a price on meeting us. And fun. And, and fun food. At kegs and eggs. Beer. Um, Cardinals greats. Cardinals greats show up. Last mm-hmm. year, Ozzie Smith rolled in. Mm-hmm. It was great. The DeWitts usually swing by. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, but you know, we we'll talk to Rooney and Ricky. Probably they always stop by. Man, it's a it's a really good time. Kegs and eggs annual tradition with KMOX. It's on Seventh between Market and Walnut, so it's right across the street from Ballpark Village, and it's happening April fourth from ten until two. There are different 
different packages that you could choose from, different tickets, VIP tickets, regular tickets, whatever you want, but you better get on it because it will sell out. So kegs and eggs, KMOX.com slash events. No way you could have known that. Now, did you see this with Chris and Amy on the show? Ranj, I have a couple did you see this is and uh Okay. They're not very happy. Well, give me. I, I don't really have any happy ones. Here, just give me one, and kay. then I'm going to move on to something. Here's that's one, not... and tell me if you believe it. So, NBC News: Marijuana use as little as once oh. per month linked to heart attack and stroke risk. I did see this, and and this is not an insignificant number compared with people who had never used marijuana. Daily cannabis users have a 25% higher likelihood of heart attacks and a 42% higher risk of strokes. Yeah. That seemed significant. Yeah, People who I, use marijuana once a week had a 3% increased likelihood of heart attack, 5% higher risk of strokes. Let me ask you this question, though. Yeah. Did they control for snacks? Because <laughs> when you're high, you're eating a lot of crap. Okay. You're I, eating Funyuns. I won't read Doritos, whole thing, but related. Slim Jims. All that sodium. CNN, ultra-processed foods linked to heart disease, diabetes, yes. mental disorder, yeah. and early death. And again, you do not have to eat very much ultra-processed food to start feeling deleterious effects. So I don't know if they controlled for snacking, Ranj. Yeah, that's a you better look into that. Wasn't that number 35% higher risk? If Was that right, the 35% for the uh, processed foods? Um, I don't have that number it's, in it's front of me, number, but it's yeah. a very, I mean, like 50% higher for cardiovascular disease and common mental disorders. Yeah. 50%. Let me give you a little sportsy one. All right. Did you see that? Okay. First of all, the least climactic part of a football game is the opening kickoff. Right. Because they kick off, it goes into the end zone and then nothing happens. Mm-hmm. It's all this buildup. Here's the kick. And then it's a touchback because the kickers are so great. The league is trying to fix that problem. Uh, last season, only 22% of kickoffs were even returned. Hmm. Most of them went to the end zone. They want that number up to 80. They're thinking of adopting the XFL rules. Really? Yes. So there's going to be a, a meeting that happens in March. If it doesn't happen then, it could happen in May. But there could be a new kickoff in the NFL next season. Let's talk Supreme Court. We'll do it with Greg Store when we come back on KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.